0: Hello and welcome to the Second Row Podcast. My name is Park Kelly, and as always, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Second Row. That's 2nd, not the word second. And if you want to get in touch by email, do. That's infothesecondrow.com. There is a huge back catalogue of podcasts to listen to, so no matter what podcast app you listen on, they will be there from Acast to Apple Podcasts, from Spotify to SoundCloud. It's literally everywhere. This week, I'm joined by Irish back row Adele McMahon who played in the first ever women's bad-bass match and is now currently playing her rugby with wasps over in england hi adele how are you how's lockdown life treating you
1: uh good um i suppose i'm i'm lucky that um i come from the countryside so when i kind of heard that a lockdown was happening i got myself home to clear um so i suppose life hasn't been too difficult um I suppose, especially for farmers anyone i've met like you know, life continues on as as is for a lot of farmers around around this part, uh, especially in the rural side. So, like Mondays to Fridays are very very similar to what they would be anyways, especially this time of the year. Um, so it's I've actually enjoyed being at home and enjoyed the the peace and quiet of the of the countryside.
0: I say a lot of farmers don't even realise the lockdown on.
1: No, no, like I, you know, I mean, I suppose we we do live in the town and our our farm is over the the countryside, but. i I mean there's definitely farmers out there that wouldn't see anyone from one end of the year to the next like uh, um completely isolated so this is this is normal for them um but yeah no it's it's been great
0: (laughs) and are you using this time to kind of improve your skills or how you keep in training
1: um i've been lucky enough um that we've we've had you know good people in our small community um i got a loan of you know a bit of gym equipment, barbells, and a bit of free weights, and that. So, I've been able to tick away with some of my gym program that our, our Irish coach has given us, and, and Wasps has also given us a program. So, it's been nice to mix up the gym sessions from both, you know, just to keep things ticking over and, and keep your mind on something new. And, um, and I've, we've good facilities near the track that's um behind our old national or secondary school so running wise as well um has been good like so i've been we've been on a very good program um with the last 12 weeks so we're actually currently on an off season now just one week down so um it's been nice to take a step back from it and and just enjoy you know going for cycles or going for walks and, and taking in the countryside and not worrying about fitting in a couple of gym sessions and getting your running done um but yeah the last 12 weeks has given me definitely given me a structure to, to follow by and and make make plans towards but it's been nice it's been kind of similar to what I was at when I was in in England where my sole focus was playing rugby and recovering you know doing our gym sessions getting the food in even maybe taking a nap during the day you know get back out in the field again for another hour or two skills and and just loads of rugby um, but now I suppose, I yeah the rugby element has definitely calmed down a bit like I, I was lucky to have my brother at home as well who's working so he goes out in evening times or even during the day when he's taking a break and we just you know pass around the ball work on our ball skills and um, our coaches have sent in many challenges as well for us to be taken away just like hand-eye coordination with tennis balls and just little tricks like that so no it's it, it's been nice to work away on things that I suppose I wouldn't have had a chance to do in a busy season um so like i've enjoyed the slow pace of things and just work on things that i i had planned to do um originally i guess
0: so you feel like you're in a good place when rugby starts again
1: um yeah i suppose the 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 shock definitely to the body will be the the contact element um and as much as you run and you do your conditioning it's so hard to replicate that um that match fitness where you know you You take a hit or you give a hit and you you get back up again and you run and um, the intensity that you run at is, you know, it's up there 120%, whereas the running you're you're doing, you think you're running at that percentage, but when you push an element of um, a defense in front of you or keeping up with your attack, it does change the dynamic of the game. So I'm definitely not going to be too uh, falsely... (laughs) possibly going into a game or going back into training knowing that it's it's definitely going to be sore in the body the day after but um I definitely think the break has actually done me the world of good and um it's given me a chance to work on my fitness levels without worrying about picking up injuries and working away at my the core basics of just um, gym lifts and that um again without the worry of getting a knock on the shoulder or or taking a knock in the hamstrings, or you know, any 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 body part. Um. So in that sense, it's been very good, but I definitely won't be blinded to what the actual elements of a match uh, entails on the body.
0: And it's a far cry from when you first started, when you're a to now kind of worrying about knocks and injuries and getting your gym reps in. It's some journey of being on. How did you start playing rugby?
1: Um, it was purely by accident. Um, you know, I was going up, I, was pl- I play football at home and I would have played county and then our own local club actually disbanded. We just didn't have enough. So I was playing with a local team in Dunbeg. Um, and when I was in first year in college, I was still playing with them. So I was traveling up and down um, at times to, we were still playing obviously their championship. So just to keep fit, I decided that I would uh, join a football team the NUI a women's football team um and I went along to training and on the way I bumped into girls that were fully kitted out in NUI gear uh but for, for rugby and I you know I was really like you know that geez that that sounds good you know uh they were telling me about all about sport and they were very welcoming I think that was the the biggest part uh, of our interaction and they said come down after training they had a girl previously uh, Rona Julian who played with NUI and was playing rugby as well so I said why not and you know literally from the first training session I, I didn't turn back. Um, I didn't continue going to the football because I was so busy with the rugby that I, I used that kind of as a, my training for football and played the football at the weekends and it, it really escalated from there. Um, I was looking back at all the photos during lockdown um, and came across one of myself and Kira Griffin was my first Interpro game in 2013 and the two of us were opposite flanks and I was propping under Ruth O'Reilly and she was propping under Fiona Hayes. So it's funny to think of when I started and when I was playing I hadn't a clue who was in front of me. You know, I didn't really know Ruth. I wasn't playing with Galwegians at the time. Um, I didn't know who Fee Hayes was. Um, Claire Molloy was on the opposite flank with me as well. You know, I, I I had heard about her name obviously from from the Irish scene, but still, like, it didn't really sink in until a couple of years later to realize who, the the players that were around me at the time when I started. Um, it was classic.
0: When class. you're at NUIG, when did you realize you had a knack for this?
1: Um, if the well, my first year was just all about, uh, I all I knew was defense, and I definitely learnt my defense from NUIG through. Simon Lawless was our head coach and Luke O'Donnell um who later went to coach the Connacht ladies um he was our backs coach and he actually contacted me over that first summer um, to say that I should you know he was going to put my name forward for Connacht trials and then I played my first season of Connacht and and then it was true meeting a few girls there Mary Healy and, and Maria Coyne actually at an NUI game after her first Interpol said that I should come up to Valwegians and then I kind of you know I at the time I was still only playing rugby for a bit of crack and I really enjoyed the the training sessions uh, I loved the sessions after the matches as well just as much and uh, <laughs> you know we, we just had a great crack um, but I suppose when when I was approached by people to maybe start playing in the AIL and then played my first season I, I was very lucky to be under um, George Neopu and Bette Mallard at the time who unbelievable coaches and it made, made learning rugby so easy Um, I think after that first year with Weegans I kind of realised that actually I wasn't too bad at the sport and I think the next season of conduct I kind of took a bit more seriously Uh, definitely the next two seasons with it aim to be like you know what actually this is my pathway into the Irish team and if I give a good crack in the AAL and try and perform well for interpros that I may get seen uh, in the Irish squad Um, so I just worked hard for the next I think it was two or three years after that to to try and get seen
0: And you've had some good memories and times in regions, on and off the pitch
1: Yeah I was playing dual status at the time with NUI so I I continued out my four years while I was in college there I was lucky enough to get a scholarship and that's when I kind of started being on a gym programme Um. And actually, Jarlett Nocton at the time was our, was a, the development of Robby, so he was taking that. So that would have been my first time ever doing anything gym-wise or doing off-field stuff to perform on-field, I suppose, like between doing extra conditioning sessions and, and gyms and bikes. Um, that would have been, I suppose, the, the start of where I would have taken these mini steps towards the bigger picture. Um, and. And they were all a big part of 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 that, like. But yeah, regions were very good. I, you know, between playing, I trained Monday and Wednesday with NUI. Uh, train Tuesday and Thursday with regions and I could have two games in a week as well between college matches and and then in the AIL. So it was a, a very hectic load, but at the same time, it was the more I played, the more I learnt. Um, and I think that has kind of stood to me, um, those three years playing, for two teams
0: hopefully you were living in Galway at the time and you weren't travelling from tip
1: yeah no I was yeah thankfully I was still in college so I that kept me there and then I I lived in Galway for a summer because I decided like that was the time when I was deciding that you know I was going to take Ruby seriously so I needed to perform well for Connacht and I think the was actually was held over the summer time so I said you know what I'm going to move up to Galway get a job up here and that way I can be around from trainer that was on midweek I could do extra gym sessions with a few of the girls and just overall trying to improve my rugby um like the traveling was definitely taking a hindrance even coming up from Clare between trying to change shifts with work and then hours spent on the road and then there's no one at the time there was no one in Clare really like anything under age maybe 16 that that was playing rugby so you couldn't just go back to your neighbor And pass around the ball or anything like that or or work on your skills so I felt that I needed to be immersed in Galway to to get the full benefits of it so that was kind of the plan and you know it did work well um the change kind of came when I finished college and was looking for jobs and you know got offered a good job in Tipperary and unfortunately at the time I also ruptured my Achilles so I decided then that I was going to focus more on my work now while that I can that I you know I can't give Ruby my all because of the injury that I w- would work on my career and, and that actually you know looking back on it was the best thing I could have done because I didn't rush myself to get back on the pitch and I took I took my rehab really seriously and that was my sole focus um but like kept, the Ruby definitely kept me going between just the the contact to stay in touch with the girls I, I'd make a few visits up to Galway um to watch some of the games and that but being able to focus on something else um, definitely was a, a massive part of me getting back on the pitch actually a lot faster than I had planned to um. but then the hard part came when I was actually back playing that I still couldn't detach myself from Galway and Galwegians and that so I, I, I traveled up and down for the best part of two years uh, two and a half years up and down.
0: That's incredible I always find that travel that the women's players have to do at the moment just unreal and to be doing that with an Achilles injury it must be really tough
1: Um, I think I was really just looking forward to going up every week I know it sounds mad like, but um, I suppose I I did miss the girls as well and because I was so focused on work and I was so focused on my rehab all I did every day was I, I used to go into work and then after work go home to the gym and like the little mini goals like you know even just learning to learning to walk again and learning to jog again and um even doing plyometric stuff like that all took a long time and there was there was definitely days there where I'd spend an hour just doing a warm up and a prehab and then an hour doing my gym session so I didn't really immerse myself in the community of where I was working so I always felt that I wanted to be back in Galway at the weekends and away from the place to where I was very familiar with um. so I I go up to Galway a lot so I think that was a big part of it as well I, I still hadn't moved on from my rugby when I was in tip and I, I just I was always drawn back to, to Galway you know I didn't feel the how long the drives were because I was always looking forward to going up I guess
0: like injuries can be a lonely enough time as at the best of times but that seems to just uh, make life a bit tougher on yourself
1: yeah, the the def- definitely the drives did take an impact on my legs. <laughs> um, I was very lucky that I I had no reoccurring injuries with my um, Achilles. Like it couldn't have gone any smoother between I you know I didn't get any setbacks with with the recovery. But uh, definitely part of that reason was because I decided that I was writing off the whole year. You know I wasn't putting a time clock on getting back on the pitch. You know I so said there's no point rushing this. I'll take it at my own time. You know um and the fact that I had written off the whole year of rugby you know included the summertime as well so it just gave me that extra bit um and then when I was getting back earlier than I had planned it, it I kind of started to really feed off the the progress of the of the injury um but the car journey is definitely you know I felt in my hamstrings you know it was taking longer to activate I was driving up a bit earlier to just, get in the gym and, and and fire the glutes and just get a little session in before I would start the journey um definitely took an impact after a while
0: and that Achilles injury it meant you couldn't take part in the 2017 World Cup but it did kind of lead to your barbarians experience
1: it did it, you know it was and i suppose it was a not the best performance and i i know the girls definitely don't um don't have good memories i suppose well i mean they did a good preparation and whatever in the lead up to it and but the 2017 world cup will always be um i suppose not a favorite memory for some of the girls it is unbelievable to represent your country there's no doubt about that and the pride you know you get to work up you get in the world cup squad that's still an unbelievable achievement no matter how it ends but i suppose they they didn't put in the performance that they would have expected is the is probably what they take from that but um obviously I was sickened to not even be involved but it's a very hard one for me to say that I would have been there or that I missed it because of my achilles because you know I was only on the extended squad and I hadn't got a cap yet um so I can't I can't ever say that I should have been there because there's certainly a lot of work to get through and a lot of competition that maybe I probably wouldn't have been up to scratch or to compete with um I surely would have liked to I've tried it, but, um, you know, the, the injury definitely did um, pull me back in that sense. But whether or not I would have made that squad is a different story. Um, But like you said, it, it turned out the best for me because then I got my chance to be the uncapped barbarian there that, that, that November. And, like, honestly, it was the, one of the best experiences rugby I've ever encountered. And it's definitely still one of my highlights Uh, for sure. It's probably definitely the top highlight um as of yet um playing rugby it just it really summed up what it was and it was it was great to be involved with the team especially in the time after my injury to re-remind me why I started the sport in the first place and why I committed so much time um to playing at a at top level and the the rehab was- was all worth it and the gym sessions were all worth it and you know I was—I lo- would have probably never got to play with some of those players as well like there was Fiona Cochran Tanya Rosser Norris Stapleton Ada Sheegan they were all players that had retired after the World Cup as well and players I would have from the start of my career watched like uh, when I joined Weegins in 2014 we, we went to the World Cup in France to support the girls and you know that they would have been the first I suppose role model figures Um that I would have watched um, along my career up until then so when they had retired I never would have gotten a chance to play with them um, so that was you know that was quite nice for me to to play alongside those girls that I would have actually looked up to when, when I was playing club like I, I think I remember playing uh, Belvo and Sophie Spence was on the flank as of like, right now, I have to make sure I stop her because you know she was, she was Irish level. You know I wanted to be up at that level, and this is my test to to try and prove myself against the internationals in, in the club scene. So, um, yeah, to play alongside some of those players was uh, pretty special.
0: How did the bar come and get in touch with you?
1: Um, so they actually sent an email, but I was out in work at the time and Ruth it was Ruth Riley who texted me being like check your emails and I, <laughs> I was like what was she on about so I, I did I checked him and I wrote back to her being like are you crazy it's like this is spam like this must be a spam email and she's like no she's like this is for real so uh, besides Ruth being the first person that I told it was um I rang my dad then straight away um, and I replied instantly. I didn't even think about the, the reply. I was just like, yes, <laughs> I'm available. Um, didn't even think about asking. Hadn't even asked work for it off yet. I just, I said I was going. Um, yes, yeah, so they, they contacted everybody through email and we got like a list of things that we need to bring with us, what they'd provide. And then we had a little bit of homework, which um, Giselle was the head coach at the time now she's my coach over in Wasp and it, it makes total sense when I, the homework that she gave us or the way she ran the camp you know, knowing the philosophy that she works by she really thrives off learning how to make a wide vast group of players that come together so quickly and how to make them gel and play together um, she's brilliant at it but her homework was um, she had a cut out of the, um, a shirt with the barbarian's crest on it and we had to fill that shirt with what was important to us so be it like that you came from you know what you did in college when you first played rugby you know you might have family on it just like keywords even pictures and um, that was part of our introduction to each other when we arrived in camp Um, that we had a minute to stand up with our shirt and describe ourselves in a, a minute to the rest of our teammates and it was it was really good because it like the some of the special memories that people had about rugby and from when they first started to you know what they did in their careers and it just it did give us an insight to who the player was and, and what was important to them and why they played rugby it was um some email to get anyways and <laughs> you know I, I didn't believe it at the start because i that was the first thought that i was like this was this can't be real like and i can't this can't be happening for me like so it was a very special moment for um, to be involved in the first the first setup, and then to be the first on cap was uh, the extra cherry on the top.
0: And what were the socks that you had on?
1: Oh yeah, I, I knew I had to have you know my NUi socks. Um, obviously at the time I wasn't I had finished my career there, um, but you know they I wouldn't be where I was but for them as, as well. So I had to have the NUi socks, and obviously I had to have the regions as well so the two of them had to be on it but I was debating nearly wearing my Kilmehal football socks at one stage <laughs> just for the Irish. <laughs> there was a there was a a moment where I was like "Geez, I wonder if I can get these on as well but you um, know I kept it to the two rugby clubs that that kind of taught me everything I knew between learning all my defence in, in NUI and then you know understanding the game a lot better uh, from an attacking point of view I suppose for, and, and just in general um, from what I learned in Norwegians. So the two of them had summed up to where I was at the time.
0: That's a great choice. And yeah. I do think I'd love to look back on the Barbarians' history book and then trying to explain what GAA is to people.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I probably would have went down well. They would have been wondering where those colours, uh, what club had those colours. I don't think any um, football or rugby team around has the, the green and gold on their jerseys
0: you were saying that there was so much experience around you for that game is there anything that you've taken with you going forward
1: um, I suppose the, just the way we we had like board meetings and uh, obviously we had to learn a new just a, a new philosophy as to how we were going to play like what was our what was our aim what was our target of, of each kind of phase you know did we want to hit wide did we want to punch it up and that was the first kind of taste of like um, just watching players take in the information and implementing it out in the pitch, there was no like conversations, there was no chit chat because I know girls, we, we we question everything, we want to know everything and the reason why for everything. Um, but obviously these girls at this experience level just just have it, um, and I think it was just to to trust in the system that your coaches give you. You know, it, it's it's rugby at the end of the day. Uh, we had girls our ten didn't speak English like she spoke fluent French so for the first half of that game we were playing with a 10 that didn't speak any English and
0: you know I in my head I was
1: kind of like you know this is crazy this is going to be crazy but it worked out so perfectly because everyone was on the same page and it was ruby at the end of the day so with all this experience with all the caps people just knew where they had to be and they just played what was in front of them. So I think that was a big thing that I took from it, that Robbie is Robbie at the end of the day. Everything is always on. And you just got to a lot of ways. Like you can play heads up Robbie and you can play with players on the pitch that don't speak English. <laughs> like, you know, it, you know, it, it's, it's a, a language for one or for all. Like, um, and I think that that first half in, in that torrential rain as well um proved that, you know, it, we all spoke the same language and it worked out very well for us
0: Apart power from the rain what other memories do you have of the game
1: yeah so watching the first half like i was just very eager to get on and to get onto the pitch like it didn't, you know the weather um I, I wasn't worried about the weather i actually love when it rains and i love the muck i suppose i i'm used to it um especially from training above in the the west Trench rain in galway where it always seems to to be windy and wet whenever you're playing a game so I suppose that wasn't that wasn't really on the front But I remember parts in the game where like I might make a tackle or we might re- do a really good passage of play and just the constant uh, oh that was unreal like or you know the, the girls were just so encouraging um, I remember in the dressing room Giselle had said that she the one thing that she wanted from the game was to have a classic Baba's try uh, with the running rugby and the offloads and and the first try we had in the game was a penalty scrum, uh, and I knew she she was like, "Oh, I don't. We have to score another try that that uh, that reflects the game." She didn't want that to be the first try to to remind her of the of the, the game. She's all very free play and rugby offloads and running rugby, and she said, "No matter what the weather happens outside, that you know she wanted us to go for it, just throw that pass." Um, she didn't want us to be constrained by the conditions. And I think that's that was the one thing I, I loved about the game that we didn't let the elements stop us from playing the rugby that we wanted to, and you know even if, even if you did throw past the single plan, it was fine. You know there was there was no there was no regrets on the on the pitch. Um, I think I think that's what I I loved about the game even just the most is that there was no regrets and that you were allowed to just you know do what you wanted almost and, and that everyone on the pitch was on your the same page. And whatever you did, that everyone backed you up 100%. And it, and it just worked. Like, it just worked for the, the players that we had there. And then just to be able to have the support that beside you was unreal. Like, I, I suppose I felt a lot more confident knowing who I had inside and outside me on the attack and on the fence that I was going to be okay. Like, <laughs> so I suppose that, that helped a lot.
0: <laughs> and in the camp, was there that real sense that you're making history?
1: Yeah, they we we had like um june severe came in actually to present jerseys to us um there was a very good level between the men's and the women's like we had lunch together we we were one like it was you know it wasn't two teams it was just one club and i they definitely made us feel feel like that and, and they definitely made us feel like we were making history we had um we sat down and watched a, a video reel and there was just so many different people speaking like i think brian driscoll was on at the time and even telling us it was obviously pre made for for that day of, of that you know this this is making history like that we are making history for for women's sport and and for the women's barbarians so it was it was very um hair-raising to, to watch it and to be in that room and it wasn't just us sitting in the room the, the men's team were with us there we did our jersey presentations together so it you know there was there was no divide between how we were treated from the men's i know we probably you know we didn't stay in the same places but and we weren't together as long but it, it did certainly feel like that you know that we were making history um we were lucky to have a photographer actually from i think it's getty's getty images and she documented the whole the whole weekend that we were there and we were all we all got um Photos from us, so I often look back at them and think what it's such a class time that we had, and, and still look back on have a WhatsApp group going and it still pings every once in a while. And, um, yeah, no, it, it no matter what, what I think I go on, I'll always remember about how you know we met history that that even down in, in, in Tolman Park, and it was very special.
0: And your name will be on the back of a jersey for life because they put the name of the players that've worn the number in the number every year
1: yeah I love that like I I absolutely love Richie McCaw like, and to have my name on the same jersey as him I'm delighted <laughs> so I it, you know <laughs> it was it was brilliant like I would have watched like for the males I looked up to him hugely when I first started playing rugby and I told my brother where I started like I didn't really know what Flanker was he goes right you need to watch Rich, Richie McCaw and try and do everything he does so I just used to do constant reels on YouTube of he's tackles and he's offloads and he's just he's playing in general he was unbelievable so being on the same shirt as him is pretty uh i think life goals ticked off there <laughs>
0: <laughs> well in all fairness watching you play you do tackle like a truck
1: <laughs> i was always told i was small and that i was too small to be a back row so i think in the back of my mind it was out to prove everyone that ever said that to me it was certainly the case when I first got the call up actually into Ireland with under Tom Tierney, I think he was turning me into a hooker probably the whole whole of Ireland turned him into hookers at that time but um, I still felt like I was going to stick to my guns and then when I returned back to the field after injury, uh, I was lucky enough to get picked up again after the by Adam Griggs and he was only a flanker that he was looking at me for so I was delighted that, that I was still, uh, still proving my, my worth even though I was a bit smaller than a lot of a lot of other people
0: and do you remember that first cap versus italy
1: (laughs) yeah i i suppose um look i i i have to look at it you know it was for me it did getting that cap i suppose was the the start from the start to journey that you know that's where i wanted to get it definitely wasn't the cap that i had dreamt of getting you know i only got a minute on the pitch and it wasn't you know i had to put aside not getting to really play to prove that cap but i had to think about all the stuff that i did before that to to get there so you know the second cap that i got against wales i think it got about 20 minutes i i made sure that i tried to make all the works um out in that field on that day because i suppose i was i was disappointed i didn't get more time to show for getting my first cap but i did have you know like i did work to get there so yeah i think the second cap i i preferred a bit better
0: And you've gone from strength to strength, in all fairness to you. And this year, you're a mainstay in the Irish back row. How was the squad this year?
1: Um, from my from when I started, I I've been in and out with injury and stuff, and but look, I suppose who who hasn't as well. Um, but I suppose for me, I've definitely grown in confidence. Um, and the last interval series that we had with the five games, huge like that, gave me abundance of um confidence and even going into play for wasps with on the back of those five games I felt a lot more comfortable going over to league there just knowing of the standard that they have um, but it did transition into camp this year you know I suppose it'd be my third year involved with the squad I think I was more settled um the group that we had together were we were together for a longer period of time so we knew each other a lot better as well and I think that plays a massive part in gelling of a squad like you know when players come in and out you don't really get to know each other you don't really know how each other plays and I think that makes a big difference to how you perform out in the pitch as well so I like lucky enough now I've I still have to my spot for sure I've got Dorothy Wall coming up my up the back and she's she's unbelievable as well like but it's um and, but you need that you need the competition because you can't ever get complacent that was the biggest thing about me going to England was to to just that extra bit of competition you know the girls in the English Premiership are all international players from you've got Franco from Italy you've got girls from Spain there's Scottish girls there's Welsh there's Italian so I, I apart from there being the English girls there's also um, a big calibre of the other nationalities there so I mean the level in each of the clubs is so high that you know week in week out you're getting a real high quality game and one alone that's you know the exposure to the different players out there so when when the Six Nations came around I think I was a little bit more at ease knowing who I was up against because I would have met them in the club scene and being familiar with their style of play and I I think knowing what to look out for uh, what they were really good at and maybe what they mightn't have been so good at um, I think it just gave me a bit more confidence coming into, coming into the Six Nations having those extra games
0: How did the Six Nations end for you? How did you find out that Covid was having the impact it was?
1: Um, we were to be honest we are our, our, uh, we got you know shocked just as much as the rest of the country did really we were no informed than anyone else and um, You know when the information was released that's kind of when everyone else heard as well we were hoping to get that french game that was you know we had actually all guns to go ahead for that but then the more the more the days went on the more impact you you saw um it had on you know the amount of cases and the amount of deaths that were that were being recorded and that the safety of players was um you know then really got taken into consideration um I suppose with the Italy game we we thought you know that would stop the fans coming over for the men's side and that you know that would help, but um, when it came around to the French game and that was called off very late as well, um, we had already been planned to fly over to Ireland for that those camps, and then I think it was that that Friday that it was announced by the T shop that, that the country was kind of shutting down basically, um so it, it all happened really fast um and then it kind of followed suit then when we went back to england um it wasn't long after that that, that, that all our clubs got shut down as well and um, and shortly after i ended up coming home it 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 happened within a matter of a, a week um but the communication was very good from from their coaches you know they only they informed us um as quick as they heard um and i think that's kind of um how it has been since on the road the road back to rugby um, it's been quite long
0: yeah no I get you it must have been really tough as a group not to be able to fill your goals for the year
1: we had obviously with Italy being postponed we were kind of quite in full confidence that the French game was going to go ahead and that we knew we knew the French game was going to be a massive battle um, similar to that of England and as much as we were disappointed with the, the loss against England we were quite happy with how we defended and how we we didn't give up like till the last minute you know we kept them scoreless for the second half which we have to be proud of you know England can say that they you know might have been poor in their in their execution but the reason for that was because the amount of pressure that we put on them you know so you can't take that away from you know the effort that the girls put in for the whole game so you know we were really ready to prove that that wasn't just a one trick pony against uh, against England and that we could do the same to France and 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 actually get some scores on the board um so it, it we did definitely feel very unfinished um um and we didn't we definitely didn't think it would last this long that we wouldn't be getting to play so uh, you know some girls were getting their first opportunity to get a cap I think neve Jones was set to be on had been named on the squad for that that weekend um so I think for some girls you know, it feels unfinished business for some girls you know maybe they have felt they had a point point to prove as well um so yeah it was it, we were gutted that it, it didn't go ahead but i suppose for you could say now like of how we were probably better off that we didn't travel
0: there's a more of a bigger picture element to it all
1: yeah yeah like at the end of the day yeah we were disappointed and gutted to not uh prove a few points you know after the england game and to Take the benefits that we had of the you know the the good attacking rugby that we had against Wales, but look at the bigger picture was that you know safety comes first and player welfare and that you know the players are safe and their the players' families are are safe that we you know we gone to France and come back you know God knows what what could have happened with uh, bringing home some of the virus to our own families, like
0: yeah get you completely. You've mentioned a few times that you're playing down wasps. How did that come about?
1: It was during the summer um, last year. Like I was still f- solely focused on Plain legions and, and Connacht. Um, but I think I was actually talking to just a few girls of, of where Ruby was next. And I suppose, again, I was weighing up my options. I, a couple of times I had thought about changing clubs because of, of the travel that I was doing up and down to Galway. Um, but even at that like going to Limerick and going to Dublin although they were quicker spins they were still an hour and a half you know Um, and then the rugby that I was getting in during the week um, was very minimal because I was by myself pretty much Um, I was lucky enough to to be involved with the feathered underage girls Um, the under 18s there and the under 16s I used to help out Polly Murphy when I could to, to coach the girls and I always got involved in the sessions when we used to do passing and that but um I needed to think I suppose you know I had a goal that I wanted to be a starter for Ireland and I wanted to be there and, and make myself a better player for the squad and because I knew we had a big challenge coming up with trying to qualify for the World Cup and that and the only kind of sense I could draw together that you know I actually needed to go to England um I wanted to play rugby full time if I was going to do it it had to be over there because they're just offering those facilities at, uh, at the moment like they, there is no everyday rugby club uh, in Ireland at the moment you know we train Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday have Friday off play match Saturday recover Sunday um, and you just don't get that anywhere else um, and then obviously the attraction of the league over there between the Calibre players and the coaching as well so I got in contact with Fiona Stockley Stockers as she's called who was our manager for the Babas and I knew she would have a good sense of the back row scene in England, and I didn't know it maybe how I would fare out in the league. Would I be? Would I be good enough? You know, would would teams be happy for me to come? So she said, if I don't get in Giselle in contact with Giselle, Giselle will kill her. So I did that, and I had, had actually got in contact with, with Harlequins as well, because the was obviously there um, at the time, and they would have been familiar. I suppose be would have been nice to know people there when i joined the club um so i visited both clubs when i went over and um obviously and maloney's with, with wasp as well as well as um claire malloy but i kind of fell in love with the grounds at wasp it was a very Ouija feel um you know it, it has a lot of history and the club is the women's club is 35 years old um and i think when i went to visit the to visit the pitch that day and the setup and and talk through Giselle what a uh, week would like uh, would look like for, for an, just a player in the league. Um I was I think I was hooked straight away and I knew that I wanted to go to WASPs. So um you know it's it's been the best choice I've, I've made <laughs> in the last year in terms of my my rugby um, because it's the exposures that I've had every day of the week to just ball handling skills and then the fitness um, side of it between um, that Adam takes with us. He's at that SNC for us. He's brilliant. So I've kind of I've gotten fitter. I've gotten stronger. But I've also massively improved my, my rugby IQ from just being playing you know every day of the week.
0: What's the intensity like over there? Say if you put international at the top of the intensity levels, where would it compare to the interpro series?
1: Some games are definitely a step up from Interpro. You know, there are some games you come, you do come off battered. Like, I mean, when we played the likes of Harlequins and Santaris, they have an unbelievable outfit of caliber of players. So it's almost like playing an international team. So the step up to, I suppose, to, to put into relevance, you know, and, and the Leinster girls would probably say the same if you asked them. The Interpro is a very good standard, you know, it is, like it is. It's the next step up from club scene in Ireland. But you know, you can imagine the Leinster team taking on Harlequins, and that the Harlequins are a club. You know, so that's the kind of intensity that we're playing week in, week out. So it it is that step up from from interpro, but I definitely think that some of the games that we played over interpros were probably, you know, probably did match that intensity. You so know, it it is it is moving in the right direction. You know, but um, at the moment the Premiership is just that little bit step ahead.
0: And are you still working over in England?
1: Yeah, so I was very lucky to. Um, there's a company that I would have bought supplies off in, in the lab that I worked in, Feathered. Um, they're a medical device company, and when I had actually said that I was leaving, you know, obviously I would have known the suppliers quite well and stuff. He came back to me and, and offered me a job, um, saying that they would love to have somebody over in England because they, they have sites and and labs that they look after I suppose in terms of they, they sell um, analyzers and products and assays to companies over there in the veterinary industry and that they'd love to have a rep person over there to look after so like my my job is a bit mixed, I only work two days a week that was kind of our plan um, which is great because he's very supportive of that, there's some weeks I don't work at all <laughs> <laughs> so but then I do make up for it so it's not too bad but that was my plan that you know work wasn't going to get in the way of rugby, um that it was going to be rugby was going to be main focus and he knew that taking me on so we were on the same page but I'm kind of like a field engineer and if anything goes wrong with when analysers they can ring me up or I can try and fix it on the phone and if not I can just go out to the site um but I also would install analysers and the assays um that we put into for testing bloods and that so that's kind of uh thankfully i you know what i learned blowing tip has actually led on to for me to be able to get a job that suits the type of lifestyle that way i want to live at the moment um so it's 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 and it's nice that the my boss that you know i've, I've known him for the last three or four years through through out of work so um as with my experience in the betting industry and what's what's needed there in terms of testing and, and is a product actually is it viable on the market is quite useful for him because he'd he'd have just the business side of things I suppose.
0: It's great because it lets you be effectively a professional rugby player.
1: Yeah, yeah. Professional rugby player without the wage as so. <laughs> but it's great. Like, I mean, the wage I get every month covers my rent, covers my electricity and my heating or whatever, my bills. And, you know, I have money to, to eat proper food and if I want to go sightseeing or do something kind of activities wise you know I have a little bit of money there as well I'm not absolutely rolling in it but at the same time I'm, I'm at a comfortable stage where I'm not concerned about saving money right now because I have a bigger picture um for my goals and you know I can get back to settling down and, and settling down in my career again once this is all over um so you know it's nice to to be able to have a comfortable living while doing what i you know while doing what i want to do like
0: yeah because it doesn't matter if you're male or female once your rugby career finishes you still have to focus on what's next
1: yeah yeah exactly and and i suppose the the luxury with what what i what i've had done again like looking back on that injury if it wasn't for that i wouldn't have been able to focus on my career and actually get to where i was in my career to actually be able to say do you know what I can take a break from this now because I'm happy where I climbed and now I want to focus on rugby whereas if I had focused on rugby all along my career probably would have been taking the back load all of the way and I might have mightn't have been in the situation I am now financially to to support myself to do this so um it's quite important to make sure that you you do focus on both elements of that because once once rugby over yes it's an unbelievable community that you can be involved with whether you're like on committees and and supporting the club in that way but you need to have something else as well to look after you um and that's you know that's true your job and your career and you need to love what you're doing as well so um thankfully the field that i'm in you know i, I do really love it so i'm i'm, I'm very happy at the moment <laughs> so i can't complain
0: and we'll look to the future and the Ireland future with the World Cup qualifiers postponed what do you know of what's going to happen?
1: Um, we're still waiting for for World Rugby to announce um, you know what's going to happen with the international fixtures because I know domestically we, we're allowed to kind of crack on come September and the, the league which is great because you know the, better, the sooner we get playing matches and getting into rugby the better for, for the players in general Um but it's just a different ball game when it comes to overseas travel because of restrictions for quarantine and you know, how does that look for players? And it's different in the professional game because, you know, they get paid for doing this. But if you're asking amateur amateur teams to take two weeks off work after already taking a week for a game, it's not it's not doable. So for us at the moment we just gotta sit tight and and wait till the World Rugby make a decision. Um, as to if and when the Six Nations games are going to actually be played, they may not um, and then are the qualifiers going to happen and when are they going to happen um, because if they do happen both, whatever countries are involved in it, need to be at a I suppose less a restriction in terms of travel pre and post quarantine you know is there a two week period involved in there, like there's so many different elements to to consider so at the moment we're just kind of sitting tight to wait to hear when that can happen. But I suppose the good news is that domestically, um, things are kind of moving a lot faster than or, well, faster than they had originally planned. So, um, yeah, we just got to sit tight, unfortunately, and just keep working away. Um, but we know that at least that it will go ahead and there hopefully will be a world cup to play for. Um, and that's all we can keep thinking about at the moment
0: definitely and on that I think I'll let you get back to your evening and (laughs) hope that everything kind of opens up a bit more and you can get back playing as soon as possible
1: yeah exactly eager to get back on the pitch now there's definitely a few weeks there where I've been mad to get a few hits in or just get out in the pitch and just play some rugby so yeah I'm looking forward to that, that actually happening so it seems like it's starting to open up now and things are starting to ease off here in Ireland so hopefully, England follows suit. You know, when I go back, here's
0: open. Yeah, here's open.
1: Yeah,
0: Adele, thanks very much for coming on, and thanks for your time. It's great to hear from you, and you've had a great career so far, and it's only going to get better.
1: Thanks, William, for for taking time out now to <laughs> to listen to me.
0: Not a problem at all. Cheers. Thanks again, Adele, for coming on. It was great to hear from you. Don't forget, everyone, to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. I'll be back next week. So until then, take care and stay safe.